Hello and welcome back to Nostalgia FC podcast with me, your host, George Thomas. And me, a new co-host, Owen Quilter, back again. Yeah, now there is a reason that Owen is co-host and not Drew today, and that is because Drew is actually the guest of this podcast before anyone worries about where Drew is and decides to click off the podcast, thought I'd get that in pretty quick. <laughs> okay, so uh, even though Drew's not here, it's uh, the same principles to the Nostalgia FC podcast where we'll delve deep into the recesses of football history and obscure football players. Each week we'll get on a guest uh, who will give us their favourite 11, their super sub, their manager, their kit and their stadium. And as we've already mentioned, this week's guest is Drew, so let's get him right on. Hello, my podcast. How are we doing? <laughs> yeah, this is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so, Drew, do you want to tell us what you do, who you support? Well, I host a very popular podcast called Nostalgia FC. Wow. I also founded it with my co-host, who's above me for the first time. I'm always at the top, now at the bottom. Yeah. It's all uh, weird. It's all very odd. Yes, I am a massive Liverpool fan, uh, as you are well aware at this point, and obviously a massive Wales fan. There we go. That's that's me. Right. Let's cut all the bullshit. Let's get right into it because you know you know what we're doing here. I didn't mean your bullshit. I just meant I don't have to explain anything. What, to is you. this what the real guests feel like? <laughs> <laughs> you know you know how all this works, Drew, because you came up with it. So let's let's start with your formation. What formation have you chosen? Well. Even though it, <laughs> I came up with the concept, the concept <laughs> has stressed me out very much. And I've not enjoyed making this team because oh, I feel God. bad for the players I haven't put in, <laughs> even though I don't know them. I just, you know. But with that in mind, I have gone for a formation which I never use ever. I've gone for a 3 4 3. A 3 4 3. Please tell me Matt isn't wrong. That is a correct formation, isn't it? Yep. All right, cool. Because if you just think of four three three and it's just in a different, is it three? Is it three centre backs? Even though, yeah, okay. Because we've had we've had some where there's like a very odd defence. Right, it makes sense when I explain the who's where. All right, I'll 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 let you get I'll I'll yeah. let you uh, explain it to us when we get there. Right, let's start off as we always do with the goalkeeper. Well, I had choices for goalkeeper. I did when I came up with the idea for the podcast. The way I sold it to George was with Jersey Dudek being. <laughs> That one specific moment when he saved the penalty from Andrei Shevchenko, but before that, when he did the most incredible double save I've ever seen in my life, where yeah, I still don't understand how it didn't go in. But I've not gone for Jersey Dudek because that was just my uh, way to reel George in. It worked. Here we are <laughs> down the line. Uh, my actual goalkeeper is Mr. Owen Quilter. Now, I've sung his praises before on this podcast, and I will do so forever because... Owen genuinely is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen play football. And I I can't overstate it. We play six aside, right? And uh, obviously you two play with me. Yeah. What Owen does in goal, I just, I just don't understand it. I, like I tried to play in goal and I'm like the sub keeper. When Owen doesn't play, I go in net and I'm all right. I can st- stop a shot. Owen is like a, a magnet. Like the ball just hits him. 
I've I've never seen a man save the ball with part, more parts of his body than Owen. Like it's very rarely his hands that save the ball. It's face, <laughs> chest, legs. But, my my dad's advice to me was just like if you are watching you watch Peter Schmeichel and it just you just starfish and hope it hits you. It works. <laughs> and and it, what I love about Owen's goalkeeping is it is the most rage-inducing goalkeeping for other teams because <laughs> they play us and we're not the best team going. We're not bad. We're not the best team going. And they play these really nice passing moves around us, get one-on-one with the keeper and they're like, oh, easy money this. And then he saves it. And the amount of people that like just get so angry because Owen's so good in goal. And I just love that. That's just perfect yeah, for my team. There's, there's been a lot of times where Owen gets hate just because of how how good he is in goal as well. I love that. <laughs> I, bet, I, I, I bet you love that, Owen. I would love to be hated because I'm so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I'm starting to turn into a bit of a shithouse now about it. Well, I just go, it's all right. It's, they, they can't do it. It's, it's nothing. But I remember playing one game when we were in, we played in Rill. When we were doing the six aside and rail, and um, I remember it because my sister was playing for us in like one game for some reason. I don't know, maybe someone couldn't make it. And she went, I've never seen anyone stop in midair after you dived too early to then save the shot. Because I must have gone down and gone, Oh, it's not good. I, I might I just wait here for the shot in mid dive and stop it. <laughs> I know. Just- I know as well, I've definitely got this wrong, but a lot of the time I always, like, when I picture Owen making a save in six side, he always does the splits. I know you don't, but in my head every single time, because you, you, because you starfish, in my head you just do the splits on the floor and you just arms out wide as anything. But uh, I'm pretty sure you can't do the splits. Really surprised I haven't been megged more. With just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think when... when uh, when we played youth football together for Penn and Britain, me and George played first, then I joined. And then like a year or so later, we recruited Owen <laughs> to come and play for us. And our, man- our keepers before that were terrible. No offence to Gethin and Lloyd, but they were terrible. Unless he had his Ribena. Unless he had his magic Ribena, which was one time and he made one save and we all thought it was great. But he <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. And then Owen comes along. I don't even think we'd seen him play that much in goal anyway. I don't even know how it came about that you came to play with us, but I don't know. And then (laughs) I remember going to training and then Owen turned up and then the manager, Big Keith Dowling, who nicknamed Owen Big Owie for no reason whatsoever, (laughs) just looking at him going like, what? (laughs) How are you so good at what? You're 13. (laughs) Why are you doing that? Yeah, and then that was the rest was history. And then we obviously played football together ever since. And yeah, I've went the eighth wonder of the world. Owen Quillett, the goalkeeper. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I will sing his praises for the rest of my life. And that's what you're doing on a podcast. So there you go. And I, I was going to say as well, you've you've mentioned quite a few times in the podcast already that that he's a keeper. So no one should be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> and I I don't want to um I don't want to make it look like I've been keeping track, but I have, and I'm now the first goalkeeper to appear twice. So, I make the nostalgia see all time eleven. <laughs> <laughs> all time out of twenty. <laughs> uh, well, there's your keeper, and what a keeper it is! Uh, I was about to say sat next to me, but you're not. You're in a completely different country. Uh, but... don't, break the, don't break the fourth wall. He could be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> High five. There you go. Um, right. Let's move on. Into your defence. So it's, uh, I'm assuming, three centre-backs, like you said. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So, so when you're right side or left side first? Uh, we're going to go left side. Cool. Start left side. It is the Great Dane himself, Daniel Agger. Terrifying looking man. What a man. I really liked Daniel Agger when I watched him at Liverpool. I thought he was really good. Yeah. Well, you'll like him until I tell the first story about him and then you maybe not so much. Yeah. I love Daniel Agger so much. Great defender. Unfortunately, his career is sort of struck by injuries a bit. Only played 175 times for Liverpool over quite a few years. But played a lot for Denmark. Uh, scored nine goals for Liverpool. And one of those goals was an absolute screamer against West Ham where he just gets <laughs> the ball from defence Strolls into midfield. West Ham players are like, ah, what's he going to do? And then he just smashes one, top bins with his left foot, and honestly, one of the best goals I've ever seen. And yeah, Daniel Agger, just love him. Gave us all for the shirt. He's got MYA, NYWA. You'll never walk around this. Knuckles. <laughs> he just loves Liverpool. Retired at the age of 31, so I was getting about that, to be honest. I thought he could have done a lot more, but an amazing servant for Liverpool, and I loved him. Still do. Yeah, he was, he was there for quite a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he just had a lot of injuries. Like he kept doing his ankles and his knees, and just a lot of injuries, a lot of poor management when he was around. <laughs> Lost it's his not... place to Mamadou Sacco. That says a lot, doesn't it? From yeah, it does say like, a lot. Era of uh, Aga, Thomas Vermaal, and like those sort of defenders that could have been world beaters if they weren't so injury prone. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Daniel Agger, when he was coming towards the end of his Liverpool career, was linked with Barcelona before they signed Thomas Vermolen, actually. Um, so I think that's a very good comparison, yeah. Just loved him. Loved Daniel Agger. I think he's just a really nice fella. Don't know why Liverpool have a good connection with Danish players, with like Jan Molby and Daniel Agger. And Christian Paulson was absolutely wank, so let's not talk about him. <laughs> I love as well that he played for, is it Bromby? Bromby, yeah. You pronounce it, yeah. So he played, he played for them, came to you, and then was just like, right, I'm going to go back to them. It was just like almost like a little break in between his, his Bromby career. He was just like, ah, just go to, just go to Liverpool, why not? <laughs> little break, join one of the biggest clubs yeah. in the world, and then knit <laughs> back to, to Denmark for the last part of my career. But yeah, like I said, I'm tired at 31, which is a shame. Um, that's actually a running theme in my defence. <laughs> yeah. 11 goals for Denmark, I... quite a few goals for a centre-back. Yeah. yeah, he played a lot of games for Denmark as well. Obviously. 75, 75 appearances for Denmark. Yeah, very good player. Very good. serving to Denmark. Good ball playing defender as well. Yeah, big fan, big fan of Denmark. Oh, did, he, did he play in the same defence as Skirtle? He did. They were a partnership for a while. And then That's they... a terrifying defence. Yeah. Like, like, I remember that about Liverpool and the fact that the centre-backs looked as though they should just like eat you. <laughs> Martin Skirtle That's sort of what you want, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's why he had to go back to, t- had to, go to Turkey because he was uh, wanted for murder. <laughs> no, Daniel, when Daniel came in, he was competing with... Um, we actually signed him in January uh, 2006, I think. And he was competing with like Hippier and Carragher for starting spots. And then when Hippier left, he was competing with Skirtle and Carragher. And then Sacco came in and then it was just like... Basically, Daniel Agger was in and out of the side depending on what centre backs we signed, and he was always giving his all, and he was a very good player. Remember once the uh, Champions League against Chelsea, uh, the first leg he made a mistake, which um, led to a Chelsea goal, and then second leg, like third minute something like that, they had a free kick, and then they passed it. They did a cool little move, and they passed it along the front of the goal, and Daniel Agger just smashes it in, and everyone went mad, and like, just yeah, 
Good job, Dan. <laughs> Just had a little look up of Daniel Agger. He must have the weirdest post-football career that I've ever seen. He, he retired and now runs a sewage company with his family. <laughs> How random! <laughs> didn't didn't earn enough from playing for Liverpool for ten years now. Now he eight years cleans toilets. I don't actually know what a sewage company would do. <laughs> I don't think he cleans toilets. I don't think that's what that means. Daniel Agger's not going into like cubicles and just cleaning round the bowl. Like it's it's just. <laughs> it's a noble profession. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right, so let's move across to the, the, the central central defender. The central central defender yeah. is a man by the name of Matt Jones. Now, he was a professional football player and he was a Welsh international. However, he retired at the age of 23. Huh? So I will pause momentarily while you Google him. Uh, that's yeah. exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. There is a reason behind it. I'm not just plucking him out of the air. So the reason why Matt Jones is in my team, yeah, as you two know, I once won a competition to go and play in the Millennium Stadium. Completely random. I it was like it was run by Vauxhall. I just entered it on a whim, didn't even think about it. And then it was in first year university. I got a phone call of a random number. I don't usually answer phone calls because I don't like talking to people on the phone. I'm scared of competition, so I just leave it. <laughs> I'm at that point in my my life now where if someone rings me, I Google it before I answer. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's just me. Uh, I answered my phone, and this woman was like, "Hi, it's Susan from from Vauxhall. I'm just wondering, have you checked your emails recently?" And I was like, uh, "No, sorry, haven't." She was like, "I think you probably should." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So I checked my emails, and I'd won the competition to go down to uh, Cardiff and play in the Principality Stadium. So yeah, I went down. Me and my dad and former guest Darrod went down. And uh, basically, they had four former professionals, two of them were the managers, two of them played on the pitch with us. We all got the full Wales kit. I had the full Wales home kit, and the away team had the away kit at the time. And we played a full 90-minute match at the Millennium Stadium, as it was then. And yeah, it was one of those incredible experiences of my life. And Matt Jones played on my team. He was a professional football player that played on my team. The other team had uh, former Norwich striker Ewan Roberts uh, and the managers were, the away side had Kevin Radcliffe and we had Mickey Thomas. Uh, nice. So yeah. <laughs> and I've got, they, get, they did a whole like DVD coverage. So I've got all the videos of me playing, highlights of me playing on the Millennium Stadium pitch. We got to obviously meet the players, play with them. I used the home, I will, I used the home dressing room in the Millennium Stadium, which is incredible. <laughs> and yeah I will be forever jealous of you yeah. uh, for that just yeah. as a random thing that, like I just so lucky that I answered my phone at one time otherwise I wouldn't have done it because it was literally like three days after I answered that phone call I went down to Cardiff so just absolutely incredible experience and Matt Jones was a really nice fella he ended up putting himself at centre back I don't think he played centre back in his career but he uh, I, I've got midfielder yeah. on when I go when we played him, the Millennium he put himself at centre back and so did Ewan Roberts for no reason whatsoever <laughs> I don't know why he did that <laughs> and then uh yeah, it was just an amazing experience. I think my team lost in the end, but it wasn't about that. It was just the experience. I was going to say that that experience. It does. You don't really care what the score yeah. is, do you? And it was just of... yeah, just incredible. Like the whole experience as a whole, just something I'll never forget, and one of the best days of my life, really. Because have as you a ever Wales watched fan, that back all the time? <laughs> yeah, 
Do you? I've seen the DVD. Yeah, I was going to say I haven't seen it. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure there's a video of you missing a couple of sitters on that. Yes, yes. I was going to come up with that. Oh, God damn you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I did miss a header from a corner. Right on my head, missed it. I then tried to dummy from left back. I wasn't playing left back, but the ball's coming out. I tried to dummy it. The player behind me completely read it, and then they went up and scored. Um, but I did uh, produce one of the best crosses of my life, and you can hear Mickey Thomas in the background shouting, "What a ball!" And then the guy missed it. So I still remember his name as well. Dimitri is a fallas. I don't know why I remember his name, but he missed a sitter. Dimitri is a fallas. Yep. Wow. And he missed the sitter that I set him up for, and I was gutted. And then, oh, come on, Dimitri. I know, right? And then the highlight of it was. Uh, and this is actually on the highlights, which is quite nice. I get the ball on the edge of the box and I dribble it round former professional football player, Ewan Roberts, and then I almost score. But for some reason, their team had an actual goalkeeper, whereas our team had a fan. <laughs> their team, they couldn't, obviously one of their competition winners wasn't a goalkeeper. So they just got some lad from a local football club and he was really good. So yeah, but hell of an experience. And Matt Jones was a really nice fella and he was like, talked to us a lot before the game and just like because even though it's a nothing game it was so nerve-wracking because you're going out and it was really funny because obviously we go onto the pitch and we all line up and um they do it all like they play the anthem and everyone yeah it's incredible and obviously there's only family and friends there in one part of the stand so very few people but then on the other side there's like loads of chinese tourists doing the store the, the tour of the stadium <laughs> so they're like waving up to the fans like Aah. They think they're watching Wales play Wales. <laughs> Just great. randomly doing a tour during the middle yeah, of a yeah. game. Yeah, incredible <laughs> stuff. So good. Like, really, it was one of the best experiences of my life. So Matt Jones yeah. is in for that reason. What What was it for? Was it just Vauxhall? It was called Vauxhall's Big Pitch. They did it on a lot of pitches, and I just happened to enter the Wales one. You had to, like, say why you love Wales, your first Wales football in memory, and then something else. And I also, from that, got two tickets to Wales-Serbia. And we went down, and obviously since then I hadn't seen any of the lads from the game, and we were all sat in a row, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's uh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. And then Wales lost three 0 to Serbia, but it was Gareth Bale's first game after he signed for Madrid. So there you go. Ah, wow. Yeah, have an experience. Oh, what, Thanks. What an all. experience. What an experience. What a what a story, and what a car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, trying to get. I'm trying to get a sponsorship deal here. <laughs> you already own one. Why you a sponsorship for? Oh, I, I want a sponsorship the podcast, right. for the podcast. Right, sorry. I thought that you personally. <laughs> I don't think Voxel are ever going to sponsor us. Anyway, <laughs> right, let's move on to your last your last defender before we get into what I'm assuming is the very attacking side of the formation you've chosen. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Well, yeah-ish. Uh, <laughs> right, let's uh, get to your so last defender. My last defender is a player that I played with at university. Uh, I played, first year, I played for a team called Copacabana with George. Our student halls were called IQ Copa. So a bunch of us formed Copa Cabana. I was actually one of the founding members of Copa Cabana. Yeah. And then I left because <laughs> they signed loads of good players and I didn't enjoy it anymore because I wasn't as good as them. So I left. <laughs> I left to join a team full of sports journalists called Sporting Journalistico FC. Great name. We wore purple. It was fantastic. And one of the players was a lad from Carlisle called Tom Lewis. Or as I don't, I still don't know why his nickname was Claude. I think it was something about him either looking French or something. I, I can't remember either, but yeah, Claude. 
Yeah, so Claude is my is my he was mostly a right back, but he did play centre back occasionally. He's only a small lad, but I've never seen anyone put it in more than this lad. So he was only little, quite a spin spin little guy, but the heart on him, he would put massive challenges in. He'd get up in people's grills. He was always shouting. I just love playing with him. And then you get off the pitch, and he's like the nicest person you ever meet. Like really, like just an assuming guy, just really nice. And uh, yeah, so Tom Lewis, Claude, playing for Sporting Journalistico on a Wednesday afternoon. Everyone's hungover because Tuesday is the best night out in Preston. Yeah, and That's everyone was hungover. Well. Yeah, <laughs> and we go and we play. And Claude was just a great right back. Great servant to that club. Played with him for two <laughs> years and he never missed a game. And he, I remember once getting himself getting absolutely like scythed down and he'd done his leg in. And then he just got up and carried on playing. And he was literally hobbling around the side of the pitch. I think he wasn't crying, but like tears in his eyes. And he's still just there putting it about. Yeah, love him. Great. A great lad and a great, uh, a great player to play with. You so always. He's in my defense. You always have those players, don't you, that are like quiet and unassuming off the pitch. And then as soon as the whistle goes, like they're, they're fully like on oh, it yeah. and they get aggressive and they'll, they'll oh, fight that. anyone when they're on the pitch sort of thing. He is that. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I feel like, a... I feel like, cause, cause I'm like the least, um, I hate confrontation, anything like that. As soon as I'm on a football pitch, <laughs> love it. It's weird. Yeah, great player and uh Great lad, so I thoroughly enjoy playing with him. So he is in my defence. Yeah, shout out, Claude. Yeah, I'm assuming one with starting the fact I was not here, George in Van Roost. Yeah, I almost got murdered. <laughs> 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 That's the thing. Final whistle went, and I went back to being myself. And like, there was a guy like gunning for me, and it was like, right, get in the car, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, what a defence as well. Lovely little defence, lovely, lovely stories in there as well. And then behind them, my co-host, Owen. Go on, Owen. Sounds so enthusiastic about that. My co-host, I, Owen. I think he's just he's just excited he can't get sacked this week. <laughs> yeah. I'll still do it. I'll still do it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he'll host it himself and still be the guest. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's one player I'm going to pick, and if George mentions something about that player, then he's off. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, into the midfield, are we going to start in the central midfield? Start with are they wing backs? Are they wide midfielders? So it's sort of a diamond in a way. Um, I drew it up wrong. So there's going to be a defensive mid, two centre mids, and then one attacking mid. So not a wide diamond, like a narrow diamond. This is an odd formation. Well, my, th- my theory is with the three at the back, they're going to cover the space, and then one of the, the CDM will drop in. Like Liverpool do, and they end up having three centre backs, but this time they'll have four. Yeah. So, oh. my centre defensive mid is a member of the Euro 2016 team of the tournament. It's only bloody Welsh Jesus, Joe Allen. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically for that tournament. So, I think Joe Allen's a great player, but he never played as well as he did in that tournament. I feel like that's got to be said for most of them as well. Yeah, I mean, Ramsey and Bale, they play better than yeah, that. But true. But yeah. That was like the form of his life. Yeah, mm. literally. He was on the pitch with like... So like the Belgium game, he was on the pitch, obviously. Haha, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he's playing against De Bruyne. He's playing against Axel Witzel, Rajan Anglin. 
and he's controlling the midfield by himself. Like he just like I've never seen someone in that tournament. I don't know what happened to him, but I've never seen someone break up the play, charge forward, play a killer pass, and then just drop back straight away as well as Jarlin did in that tournament. That's just unbelievable. To get in, I know we get to the semi-finals. So obviously, you'd think there'd be some recognition for some of our players in there somewhere. But Joe Allen was just so unassuming before that tournament started. You'd think, oh, he's on the bench for Liverpool at the time. He's not really doing that much. There's a lot of rumours about him leaving Liverpool. And obviously, he did that summer after the Euros anyway. But yeah, I mean, you, you can vouch for it as well. I've never seen a man more like dedicated to his role of just breaking up the play and passing it out. He was like, look, he was looking like a mix of Claude Makélélé. With, like, I don't know, another good central midfield. <laughs> I, I was. I Pirlo, was thinking, there you go, the Welsh Pirlo. Thank you. In that tournament as well, I remember him being like absolutely everywhere, and you were like, you, you were shocked that he covered as much of the pitch as he did. Almost like Kante for Chelsea. Yeah, and they're both small as well, so very yeah. similar sort of play styles. But only in that tournament. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, he's a very good player. And like, he was, obviously, he was very good for Swansea. He was good in parts for Liverpool. I don't think it really suited him that move. And then at Stoke, he's been very good. Obviously, mm. injured quite a lot. But for Wales, he always puts it in. My first name on the team sheet would be Joe Allen, playing for Wales, because nobody else in the Wales squad does what he does. Like, he just starts the attacks from deep because he can. He breaks up the play. And then he's got the skill to get around the players that he's just taking the ball off. And then they'll spray a pass out. And he's just... When we I signed also, him, everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's just one of them pass sideways players. But you need those players. If you don't have yeah. those players, the ball just gets stuck on the wings and you never do anything. So, I um, I also like to think, because he was in the, uh, like you said, the team of the tournament, wasn't he? Yeah. I'd love to... I, I don't know who else is in the tournament. I'm assuming Ronaldo. Uh, who else was in the final? Was it France? Yeah. So Mbappe, maybe? Or was Mbappe too young then? Too Mbappe young. He wasn't even in the tournament. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, but anyway, like there would have been these all these star names and like people from other nations would have probably been looking at that. And then in the middle of that team is Joe Allen. I I, I love the fact that everyone else is probably like, who? <laughs> yeah, I've got the team of the tournament here: Rui Patricio, Josh Kimmich, Jerome Boateng, uh, Pepe, Rafael Guerrero, Tony Cruz, Joe Allen, Griezmann, Ramsey, Payet, and Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. I just love, I love in the middle of all that, just Joe Allen. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. He absolutely deserved it. I think he was Wales' the best player in that tournament. But he's just oh, yeah. funny you, in the middle of all If you that. ask any of the players playing alongside him in that team in the tournament, apart from Ramsey, none of them know who he is. <laughs> They'll be stood for like a team photo of the Euro 2016 team in the tournament. They're like, so who's that guy? They've like, just got the ball boy in. Like, who invited Jesus? What's going on here? <laughs> Why is this Pirlo impersonator stood next to me? What's going on? Uh, but yeah, we Joe, hell of a player. The Welsh Pirlo, the Welsh Xavi. In fact, they often say that uh, Xavi is the Spanish Joe Allen. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that <laughs> mentioned yeah, quite a lot. Actually. Yeah. Um, another link to back to the podcast. Two appearances for Wrexham. There you go. I did not know that. <laughs> Look at <laughs> Two appearances for Wrexham on loan with one goal. Only two. That's really weird. Anyway, <laughs> right. So where are we moving now? You said it's a diamond. So uh, did you say they're like central midfielders or wide? Yeah. So one CDM, two central, and then one yeah. centre attacking. Okay. So it's sort of like the way City play a diamond. Yeah. yeah. Liverpool have done it as well in the past. In fact, they did it a lot with 
one of the players I'm about to say. Uh, so, my next central midfielder is the great Xabi Alonso. Yeah. Xabi Alonso was one of the players I had guessed who was going to be in your side. There you go. I just... I, I can't say enough about the wonders of Xabi Alonso. When we signed him, he was just this mop-head Spanish young man. Obviously, he's a lot older than me, but... <laughs> signed him in 2004... 2003? No, four. 2004, we signed him. And I remember him stood there, unveiled by Rafa. And I was thinking, who the heck is that guy? I was 10, 11 at the time, thinking, who on earth is Xabi Alonso? Signed him from Real Sociedad. So I was like, I don't know what he's about. And then he just turned out to be this just amazing ball-playing midfielder. He scored a few free kicks in his first season. He scored numerous goals from the halfway line. Like he could break up the play, he had a bit of grit about him, but it's just his passing range. Like absolutely unbelievable. And I just love Chavi Alonso, one of the silkiest football players I've ever seen play the game. I was happy that he when he left, he did get success with Madrid and then with Bayern, and obviously with Spain as well. Uh, but obviously for Liverpool, won the Champions League, won the FA Cup, and just an all round Liverpool legend. It's gotta be. Because I, I know you, you mentioned the teams he played for there, and like his his resume is incredible: Liverpool, Madrid, and Bayern. He's got to be one of the most underrated midfielders of all time, in my in my opinion. Like, and this this is hard to say when it's especially when it's about a Liverpool player. But he's, he was such a good player, like so good to watch, so like entertaining to watch. And like I say, he played for three of the biggest teams in the world. Yeah. And you don't really hear anyone talk about him now. No, I think it's because his style of play was so understated. Like he yeah. did pop up with the occasional goal, but he wasn't from the halfway like, line. Exactly, yeah. But he wasn't <laughs> exactly scoring like twenty goals a season. You no, know, he was scoring no, like no. two or three a season. And maybe he didn't even get that many assists because he had sort of like the pre-assist where he was just hitting the pinging the balls and then just unbelievable. The assist to the assist. That's it. Yeah, Harry. Fuck off, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Chavi Alonso just just an absolute legend. And like he didn't play for Liverpool for that long because stupid managers thought, oh yeah, we'll sell Chabi Alonso and buy Alberto Aquilani. What an absolute <laughs> travesty that was. But yeah, Alonso, absolute legend. I loved him. I still love him. And I'd still have him playing now if I had the choice. But yeah, love him. He did all, all the simple stuff that people don't think about. He did that really yeah, well. Absolutely. His uh, favourite moment in Liverpool shit for me, apart from the uh, like the penalty in the Champions League final. And this is just a bit of an innocuous one, really. We played Arsenal in that same season and we won 2-1. And it was a last-minute goal from Neil Mellor that won the game. Great goal. If you've never seen it, go check it out. It's a great goal. Yeah. Uh, but the first goal, so Arsenal went one up with uh, Patrick Vieira. And it was a really nice, like, intricate passing goal. And then Liverpool equalised with Xabi Alonso. And it was like a nice little Gerrard through ball then Alonso just like side foots from the edge of the box, goes top bins. And then Xavi Alonso does this amazing little heel kick celebration, which I then adopted as my own celebration. Is that where you got it from? Yeah. I had no idea that's where you got that from. There you go. Xavi Alonso does a little heel kick, fist in the air, and then towards the Anfield Road end. Just loved it. And I copied it forever since then. I can, I can just I can never do it as young, well as a young, him. <laughs> a young Drew watching the celebration being like, oh. <laughs> I've been on the hunt for a celebration for a while, so I was like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> I was never doing front flips, so I had to do something relatively easy. You are, the, you are the king of the quiz, so let's have a quiz. Who has more Liverpool appearances between Daniel Agger and 
Xavi Alonso? Uh, I would say Daniel Aga. He does, yes. Only 143 appearances for Alonso. Yeah, he also had a lot of injuries, which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah, he, he would have been. Right. Don't come at me with quiz facts on my own podcast, Quilter. <laughs> he is, even, still though, my house? Even, even though he's at the bottom of this, I'm pretty sure he's still host. We can still kick you out. <laughs> You're both going off and do the rest of it by myself. <laughs> okay. Right. The midfielder next to Jabby Alonso, unless you've put him as your attacking midfielder, I'm pretty sure everyone is going to be able to get who this is. It is Frank Lampard. I can't even say it. No. <laughs> it is the one and only Steven Gerrard. Now, I know he's been mentioned a few times on the podcast, so I've narrowed it down to a specific era of Gerrard greatness. And that is when he was playing alongside Fernando Torres. Okay. Yeah, the, link, the link between Torres and Gerrard is like something I've never seen. It's like they were literally inside each other's heads. Like the runs they were making, no other player was even thinking about it and Torres and Jared had already done it. I was like, well, how are they doing this? I remember a game against Newcastle where they both scored a couple of goals and Gerard was just peak of his powers, just like outside of the boot, through ball. Torres gets it, pings him back and then just Gerard with the follow-through just smashes it, top bins, just, yeah. Obviously, Steve Gerard is my favourite football player of all time, um, as it would be the same with many, many Liverpool fans because for a long time, we were very bad. <laughs> And Gerard was the shining light that kept us going throughout all of it. And I am really gutted that he never got to win the big one. He won a lot with Liverpool, obviously Champions League. He'll tell you is like the best thing he ever did, but I would have loved him to win the league. But Champions League is probably, it's a, it's a bigger achievement. Really. Yeah, I think it's just for Liverpool, the stigma of the league was always a big thing. And yeah, it was always going to be like, could Gerard do it? And he came so close a couple of times. And then stupid Brendan Rodgers... Said, oh yeah, we don't actually want you anymore. I hate you, Brendan Rogers. <laughs> Unless you want to come on the podcast, in which case I will uh, edit that bit out. As, as much as I, I thought Stephen Jarrod was an amazing player, and you would easily go into like top, easily in the top sort of hundred to fifty players in the world. I I hated him for the 2006 FA Cup final. Uh, we <laughs> battered you for the whole 90 minutes, and then he scored a insane goal as well. Absolutely. Yeah, before you say you battered us, one, one of your goals was a cross, and one of them was a no <laughs> goal. So shut up, you didn't batter us for 90 minutes. So we, we caused you to score two own goals. One thing I remember about that West Ham team was it Dean Ashton? Yeah, it was yeah. so good. So so unlucky with injuries. Uh, well, you yeah. picked him. You've picked him in an era where I can't mention what I was <laughs> going to mention. So it was like I did that on purpose. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, Stephen Gerrard never, never won the Premier League, and never will. Even and if you he will never host Liverpool. this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> you you picked him with Torres, and that uh, my heart sank because. And you probably had this in your head when when you picked that era, that uh, game at Old Trafford, where Liverpool in the all grey kit and him and Torres just, I like it's fair to say they destroyed us. Literally, and that's then, what I mean. Like if you name that those teams, I, like I think you struggle to name those first 11s, but you'd always know that Jared and Torres were playing because they were just yeah. so good together. And they, I think they both scored in that game as well because 
as well, one of the things I hate is Gerard went and kissed the camera, and I was just like, you can't do that in Old Trafford, yes. prick. Yes, but he did. <laughs> yeah, I think Gerard just, for me, the most all-round talented football player that ever played in the Premier League. I know that's extremely biased, and it is, but I watched him so closely for so long, and I don't think I've ever seen any players do what he did. Because the way he could just change, adapt his game, he played on the wing for like, a season under Benitez for no reason because we had Momo Sissoko and Javi Mascherano and Alonso <laughs> sent him in so they pushed Gerard out to the, the right that did result in my opinion his best goal ever not in terms of um, importance obviously the Olympiacos goal was that, that goal or the one yeah. against West Ham in the final but the, his goal against Middlesbrough and they cross it over and he gets it on the right wing one touch and then it sets up for the volley and just smashes it and it curls so nicely from the outside of his boot Top left corner, just nice affection. Ah, nice. Well, the best player to ever play in the Premier League. You're wrong, but it's your it's your episode, so we'll let you have that. And I'll remind you that it's my podcast. <laughs> and we'll kick you off. Going back to that. Oh, I'm on thin ice. <laughs> that era that you're talking about, the, the Gerard Torres era, and sort of sums it up perfectly because after he left and that sort of time between Torres and Suarez, and Suarez coming. You'd see Gerard making them big crossfield balls, and when he left, no one was reading it, and yeah, there was so much possession given away, and yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, have the players that will read that. That was always the problem with Gerard. He never, he didn't for most of his career, he didn't have players on the same level as him to play with until he had Torres and Suarez, and then it was obviously they were on a level with him. But before that. Apart from Alonso, maybe he didn't have that many world-class players around him, which was tough to watch, to be honest. Not so much when I was a kid, because I just thought, hey, it's just football. When I look back, I'm like, oh, we could have done a lot more if we'd got better players at the time. But Do you think he'd fit into Klopp's Liverpool? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, because he can adapt his game to do anything. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he was playing right back on the Champions League final <laughs> when we won. Steve Finnan went off injured. And then Steve Gerrard had cramp. So they just whacked him at right back for the extra time. <laughs> if you watch, if you ever watch those game highlights in full, extra time you don't see Steven Gerrard touch the ball because he's got he's injured and he doesn't do much. He just stays on the pitch just to add, make up the numbers. Wow, yeah. what a, what a serving that is. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, as much as much as you can joke about it with Steven Gerrard, fantastic player, incredible player, and. Um, We'll never get an answer to who's the best English midfielder of that era because everyone's got their own opinion about it. Right. Before we get bogged down with Steven Gerrard, because I'm pretty sure Drew could easily get bogged down with Steven Gerrard, let's move on to your attacking midfielder. Now, this one is one that you'll never guess, I don't think. Okay. Uh, he is Turkish. You might guess now, I'm telling you, but you wouldn't have guessed before. <laughs> He's Turkish and he has played for... Atletico Madrid for a long time. Did he sign for Barcelona at some point? He did. Did Turan? Yeah. Turan. All right. I yeah, absolutely wouldn't love Arda Turan. <laughs> I don't know why, but when I was like a teenager, I absolutely loved watching Arda Turan play. He was so quick, his dribbling, he used to score worldies. And whatever game I was playing, whether it be FIFA or Pro Evo, I would, first, te- first player I would sign for any team was Arda Turan. Just loved him. He played on the wing a lot, but uh, I'm using him as a central attacking midfielder because he did play there for quite a bit. Unbelievable player. Just one of those players where 
when he was coming through, everyone was like, oh, this guy's got potential. And then he actually lived up to it for a long time, playing for, obviously for Atleti and then moving on to Barca. But yeah, I just loved Arda Turan. Still do, he's still playing. But man, Yeah, can't I, tell, sorry. Yeah, I love Arda Turan. Wow. I, that, is, that seems weird that I never knew that as well. There you go. <laughs> I'd like to say it's guilty pleasure, but it's not because he's very good. <laughs> I was going to say guilty pleasure means you're like... Uh... You're sort of embarrassed about it, but you can't be embarrassed yeah. about it because he, he is a fantastic player. Yeah, 100 caps for Turkey. Lovely round number. Good job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we we didn't we have someone on recently who played 99 and it was so frustrating to both yeah. of us. But yeah, well done, Turkey, for that. Yeah, he's won a lot of trophies. Obviously, he's won the Liga a couple of times, once with Atleti, once with Barca. Copa del Rey's with Barca and Atleti. And yeah, he, just... Um, uh, he was... I say was, he's still playing, but I don't know what he's like now. He's one of those players that it's almost as if there's like a magnet in his boot and the balls. Like he's so close, close control, if I remember rightly. Yeah. As well as being quick as anything. Yeah. Like a Turkish Eden Hazard. Like, yeah, very similar sort of, yeah. But better. <laughs> yeah, I sort of compare him, not now because he's a bit slower now, but like Lorenzo Insigne, that sort of player. Mm. Yeah. Where he can just sort of play wing or attacking mid. And he'll pop up with goals, and he's quick, and he can dribble. If you remember, if you remember Euro two thousand and eight, didn't get very much media attention because that's the one that England failed to qualify for. And unfortunately, if you live in Britain, if England aren't in something, then they uh, they just yeah quality of media tends to drop off. Which is uh, <laughs> I wonder why that would be. Anyway, uh, so Euro two thousand eight, Turkey actually finished third in that tournament. And they were that. like the surprise package, and Arda Turan was so good in that tournament. Mm. I just love watching him play. So yeah, Arda Turan. I remember watching Arda in that tournament and just like, he's really good. Yeah. It's just surprisingly, because like, Turkey obviously had have had some great players along the years, but not so much in the public eye sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like they're not like household names, Turkish players. And Arda Turan was just, oh, loved him. Something else about him. Obviously he's back at Galatasaray now. He started his career at Galatasaray. He got the captain's armband at 21 years old. I can't imagine many <laughs> players at that age being being captain of and Galatasaray aren't like a small team. They're big no. side, like so he must have he must have that leadership about him as well. Oh. Yeah, terrific player and I love him. Wow, that's that's a little uh, a little reveal on this podcast. Um, I didn't um, know you were 2008. He was ranked. In the hundred best young players in the world. There you go. It's a nice little, nice little. Start yeah, if you think like 2008 is how long ago? 13 years ago. So he was like oh, what? Jesus. 20? <laughs> 21? I thought you said 30 years ago. I was like, what? <laughs> the, the year is 2040. We... I was like, lockdown's gone on longer than I thought. <laughs> right. We're now on COVID 43. Oh, but I, right before I get depressed with that with that thought, because I can imagine it happening. Let's move on to your your front three. Is it two wingers and a striker, or is yes. it? Yeah, cool. Yes. Which side do you want to start? Uh, we're going to start on the right hand side. Cool, right hand side. Is a Liverpool player, but maybe not a Liverpool player you might be thinking because I could have oh. gone. I could have gone Mo Salah. I could have oh, gone. Oh, that's who I was thinking. <laughs> see, I lo- to be fair, it wasn't who I was thinking. Ah, well, I was I- thinking more obscure. You were thinking Maxi Rodriguez? I was thinking Maxi Rodriguez. Well, we had this conversation one time and I said he would be in. I lied. <laughs> oh, you've, you've done it. To be fair, I didn't, I didn't lie on purpose. I just remembered another player I liked more. 
yeah, I, I was going to go for Mo Salah or Sadio Mane, but then I thought it's not really nostalgic because they're still in the current crop of players. Yeah, yeah. That are just if we did this podcast in ten years' time, Mo Salah would be straight in because Egyptian king, most underrated player I think Liverpool have ever had. I don't know why people still think he's not very good, or they don't talk about him in the same sort of ilk as Torres and Suarez. He's better than them for Liverpool, in my opinion, what he's done for us. I anyway, think Mane's better than him. Anyway, yeah, he's a better player, but what Salah's... Anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, I've gone for a Liverpool player that only played for Liverpool 77 times. But he scored some of the most crucial goals and some of the best goals I've ever seen, and I absolutely loved him. And he was signed on the same day as Chabi Alonso. Ooh. Any guesses? I, I remember, I remember Xabi Alonso in a photo, like holding up, you know, how they used to do it. They don't yeah. really do it anymore. Holding up the shirt and someone else was with him with Rafa Benitez, but I can't yeah. remember who it was. And they're all wearing bootcut jeans. Is it Harry Cool? It's not Harry Cool, no. No. Oh. He is the same nationality as Xabi Alonso. Why? Why have I not? You can only think of one Spanish winner that's played for Liverpool. It's not it's not Riera, it's just not going there. <laughs> Go on, go on. Put us out of misery. It is Luis Garcia. Oh. Scorer of the ghost goal that got us into the Champions League final. Yes, it did cross the line, Jose Mourinho. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, just when when we first signed him and Alonso, Alonso had a bit more of a slow start because his style, well, it seemed like he had more of a slow start because of his style of play. But Garcia was just like this attacking flair that we've not had or in my opinion, not had for years. And just seeing this little guy, he's very small, just dancing around players, doing nice little skills, great crosses. Not really a conventional winger in the sense that he wasn't always going to stick to the wing. He tends to well, drift in quite a lot. I didn't think of him. I was thinking he was more of a, a striker. Yeah. But he was he was a winger for the most part. He played in the wing for Liverpool. He's now a Liverpool ambassador. He's, he loved his time at Liverpool so much that he does a lot for Liverpool now. Obviously, we signed him from Barcelona, um, where he didn't really do that much. When he played for Liverpool, he was so good. And I'll take you back to one goal and one goal only. Champions League quarterfinal, the year we won it, 2005. And we're playing Juventus. And the starting lineup has Anthony Vitalik in it. Now, I don't, I don't suppose you know who that is. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've played FIFA 2004. There you go. <laughs> Owen still the, plays FIFA 2004. Anthony Vitalik <laughs> was signed alongside his cousin, Florence Silema Pongol. Neither of them particularly good for Liverpool. Pongol had a few decent goals in his time, but and then he somehow went to Atleti and became really good. Anyway, ball goes over the top. Vitalik heads it back towards the sort of three quarters way up the pitch. And then Luis Garcia just runs onto it with a ferocious volley that dips over Buffon and then runs into the corner, sucking his thumb. Just iconic moment. One of the best goals I've seen. And I remember me and my dad sat on the couch watching that game because I remember it. I don't know why I remember this specifically, but Scott Carson was had to play in goal because Dudek was injured. <laughs> I don't know why. It was his debut for Liverpool. Uh, and yeah, we had like a bit of a makeshift team. We had a few injuries. Sammy Hippier had scored the first goal. And then Luis Garcia, just with this unbelievable volley, which essentially took us through into the semi-final, where then he then scored the ghost goal against Chelsea that put us through to the final, and we obviously ended up winning it. So all I'm saying is, Luis Garcia single-handedly won Liverpool Champions League that year. 
Big, big statement. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> untrue, but yeah. I just love Luis Garcia. I think he was a great little player. I always remember him, like, because he always had that headband, didn't he? Yeah. In his hair. I always used to think that looked really cool because uh, when Beckham got it as well, I was like, oh, I want that. It would never, like, I would never have pulled it off. No. <laughs> don't think anyone would have. We're all getting to the point where we might need that. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I've got too curly a hair for that it'd end up being like an afro behind it a man of 14 different teams yes I never that. never played more than 100 appearances for any of them no nope. which makes sense if there's 14 teams in there but yeah well, it ended up going to like Australia Mexico Greece uh, India he played for Kolkata Kolkata Atletico Kolkata yeah yeah but yeah, just an all-round great guy. He does a lot for Liverpool now. Does a lot of the um, ambassador stuff in Asia. Goes out there and does a lot of stuff. And he's just a... He's always... He, whenever Liverpool play, he's always tweeting about Liverpool and how much he loves them. And I think I just love that. Him and Alonso, that pairing. It was actually my screensaver on my uh, desktop when I was <laughs> like 12 or however old I was and they signed. It was just Benitez stood with <laughs> Alonso and... Let's go see it in their jeans, holding up a Liverpool scarf, Anfield. The most 2004 or whatever year it was, looking <laughs> photo in the world. Jeans. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Lewis Garcia. I just he, he popped up with some nice goals along his time. He was never like the best player in the team, but he always gave his all. And yeah. he was actually part of the deal that got Liverpool Fernando Torres. So another nice thing, a good assist for Lewis there. Cheers, mate. <laughs> There you go. It was never official because Torres signed independently, but then Garcia went the other way. It was two separate deals, but it was widely regarded that that was uh, behind it. They were like, yeah, okay, you can have Garcia if you give us Torres. Do you reckon you could guess who Luis Garcia has played uh, the most games for? Uh, Well, I think it's Liverpool, to be honest. Nope. No? No. Well, according to Wikipedia, and this is in two different stints, it's Atletico Madrid by one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Overall, he played 78 times for Atletico Madrid and played 77 times for Liverpool. Well, there you go. But that's in two different stints, so I don't yeah. know if you count that. So, obviously, he played for big teams as well. I think he yeah. played like 20 times for Spain, so never really did it much on the international stage. But... And five times for Catalonia. Yeah. Just Which... a really nice guy. Really liked him. Yeah. No, I, I remember him, and I, I remember him being a very, very sort of skillful player. I don't remember him being as short as he was. Yeah, he's tiny. Yeah. Pre one matter, one matter. <laughs> probably, probably a bit more spe- uh, pace than one matter, though. Probably. He wasn't particularly quick, to be honest. I don't was he not? Too. No, no. Fair. Right. Where do you want to go? Left wing or striker? We're going to go left wing, and you two are absolutely going to love this choice. I promise you, you two are going to absolutely love it. Right. It's either you're being truthful, and I know who it is, or you're trolling. Right. Who do you think it is? Gareth Bale. No. Oh. Now, again, I was going to put Gareth Bale in, but he's annoying me at the moment, so he's not coming in. <laughs> Stop smiling, Gareth. Just play football. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, and obviously, I've watched lyrical about Gareth Bale and on another day he would be in his team. But yeah. he's not my favourite player of all time. I love him very, very much, but for my favourite 11 of all time, he doesn't make it in. This guy is for a moment. One goal in one okay. tournament. Okay. The three of us were together. With our friend Andy at my parents' house. I think I know who oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ball comes through. <laughs> first, first game of the uh, 2010 World Cup. Just before we're doing our exams, 
very hard time in our lives. And Mexico were playing in South Africa to open the tournament. The ball comes through, and with one of the best goals I've ever seen, Shifwi Shabalala bangs it in, runs into the corner, and the whole of South Africa team just do that little dance on the sideline. The greatest, um, the greatest celebration in World Cup history. Funny. Yeah, thought <laughs> that goal popped up on my Twitter feed um, like four days ago. Just unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I genuinely tried to find a Shabalala South Africa shirt to buy when I put in my team about a month ago. I tried to buy it, but I couldn't find it. But yeah, that I, goal just brings back so many memories. Like obviously, it was a time in our lives where we were like what. 16 years old. Yeah. And yeah, just that's, unbelievable. That's the most I've ever like sat down and watched a World Cup as well. You know, like every yeah. single game. Like like you say, we all went round to yours to watch the opening game. Weren't expecting to see one of the greatest goals in World Cup history. Um, yeah. The worst players in World Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, it was insane, wasn't it? I think it's it, just, did it end 1-1? It ended one one, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that 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 game in particular, I just, it just brings back a lot of good memories for me. And I think it's because we, I think we'd finished our exams actually, or in the middle maybe. But I, I have seen we'd finished them. And it was... That meant we were off in the daytime. Yeah, and obviously all our parents were at work and whatever. So <laughs> you obviously you both know my dad very well. Yep, he's much better now, but he was quite a strict man <laughs> in the day. He's calmed down a bit now, probably because I've moved out, and so is my sister. That's probably calmed him down quite a lot. Uh, but I wonder why <laughs> I'm such a nice guy. I don't know why I'm never sarcastic or anything, but I just distinctly remember my dad saying to me, if, if the lads come round, you watch it in the back room. You don't watch it in the front room. Don't want them to go in the nice room. So obviously we all crammed into the front room, drinks, snacks, everything. We went loud in that room. We were all crammed in there. And then I remember just sat there watching it. And then obviously, and then the goal goes in and the four of us, us two and Andy, just going absolutely mad, like going around the living room, like, ah, come on, Shifui. Yeah. And then forever, since then, I just loved Shifui Shabalala. And like you said, I think he played for Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates. He played for one of the South African teams and was never very good. But that one goal, that one moment, to mean so much to the nation of South Africa and African teams in the first African World Cup, or no, sorry, in that African World Cup, just obviously meant so much to so many people. And then just takes you back to a moment, you know what I mean? Like you just as soon as you see it, or you hear, and then yeah. the commentator says something like Bafana Bafana. And I was like, <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> I oh, yeah, like you say, that that brings back so many mem- memories because we watched so many of those games, didn't we? Yeah. And that woke up and then once once we finished watching the games, you just go down to Penchmile Park and just try and recreate the goal. Yeah, just play football and whatever. Oh, one of the best servers ever. But um that World Cup could have been so much better if it wasn't for those stupid Vuvuzelas. <laughs> oh, this horrible listening to them well, throughout a whole game. And then, what was the ball called? The Jabalani. Oh, wasn't it like the was it the lightest? Yeah, and they said that the ball moved differently to any ball they ever played with. And then the first goal of the tournament, a rubbish winger from South Africa scores an absolute belter from the left. And everyone's I, like, yeah, that's yeah. probably the ball, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I remember everything about that football because uh, they were like billing it as, you know, it was one of the lightest footballs they'd ever had and yet moved through the air differently. And it reminds me of, you know, when you get just like a flyaway and you absolutely smash it and then the wind will just take it another way. Just yeah. reminds me of that. 
just one of them goals where no matter what he did for the rest of his life, and still now, like, I don't know what he's doing. He could be whatever. He could be working for Daniel Agger clearing out sewage or whatever. But he's actually cleaning the toilets. <laughs> he's, still <laughs> no. he's still playing. Still playing. Go on, Shifwe. 36 years old. He's now at his fifth club, Amazulu. 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 I like that name. Yeah, I want I want a uh, Shabalala kit, like South African kit. That'd be cool. I love the South African accent as well. Something about yeah. the South African accent that's just I can listen to it all day. Well, I when I went, <laughs> here's something I've not dropped in yet, but here it comes. When I went to America, I don't know if I ever told you this. <laughs> uh, so I went out to a camp in America when I was uh, 19, no 20. I was actually 20, and one of the one of my fellow counselors was called Dwayne Odefritus. And he was South African. And literally, our connection came from me saying to him, oh, Shall mate, we... I love that Shabalala goal. And he was like, oh, yeah, it was a great goal, bro. And I was like, ah. Uh, another accent to Drew's repertoire on this <laughs> podcast. His voice is much deeper than that, but I don't want to offend him. Shouts out to Dwayne. Good lad. Fun fact on him. He was the first player to launch the new Nike um CTR360 Maestri boots in 2009. There you go. Him and Sask Fabregas were the first players wearing those boots. <laughs> what, so Nike, Nike knew it saw it coming, didn't they? Good job, Nike. Yeah. That's the year before he scored the goal. They were like, all right, give, give you these. Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who your striker is. I don't think you do. Ah, okay. So uh, it is Dutch international. Oh, <laughs> Liverpool legend, score of a hat trick, the shittest hat trick you've ever seen in your life against Manchester United, which is all down to Suarez doing all the work, and then he just tapped it in. It is Dirk Kout. <sighs> yeah, I love that man. I'm gonna be honest, I thought it was really good. But going back to FIFA 2004, I managed to sign him for half a million. <laughs> he always had a knack for scoring against West Ham, actually. Uh, I know I shouldn't like him, but he was. I just, I just loved, loved watching him play. Yeah, very likable player, though. Yeah, just and, a, just a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he's um obviously he only he played a lot of games for Liverpool, two hundred eight games, but only scored fifty one goals. He wasn't a and like a a great goal scorer, but he played with the greats. He played with Torres. He played with Crouch. He played with. Real Cisse for like 10 games. But he uh is Jibriel Cisse known as one of the greats in Liverpool? No, no. <laughs> if, it, if his legs weren't made of glass, maybe, but you know, his but yeah, Dirk Cout, just an honorary scouser in every sense of the word. He loved it. As soon as he walked in the door, he was just right for the club. Like he was like that sort of workman kind of striker. He went a long time without scoring goals for like I had like eleven month periods without scoring for Liverpool, but when he did score, he scored great goals, scored very important goals. He scored in the Champions League final. We lost that final to AC, but he did score in it in like the 91st minute. And scored in the Carling Cup final against Cardiff when we won. But he, uh, what I loved most about him was when he played against Everton. There, as a game oh, against he Everton. He hated playing Everton. He loved it. Yeah. He hated them. He scored a penalty in a game. But in the same game, he two-foot drop-kicked someone I don't know who it was. And he gets away with it. It's the worst challenge I've ever seen in my life. He literally, two foot, catapults himself towards someone. There's a picture of it somewhere. And he didn't get sent off. And then he scores the winning penalty. And then straight to the Everton fans like that. 
Slevin. Yeah, I, I wished him all the success. And when he left us, I was devastated. I remember signing him. I had a, I don't know if you remember the uh, disgusting Liverpool shirt and it was white with one half was green. Oh, yeah, no, I do remember. Yeah, and for some reason, the lettering on the back was red. I just, ugh, it was horrible. I had it, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Cow on the back. I did Cow on the back and I just loved it, Cow. I think he was a great player. I think he's one of them sort of loyal players where even if you're not playing him, if you just give him two minutes, he'll come on, he'll give his all. He scored very crucial goals, very integral part of the squad for a long time. And then I was just so happy for him when, because obviously we signed him from Feyenoord, and then I think he went to Turkey after he left us. Left Fenerbahce. Yeah, and then he ended up going back to Feyenoord. And then he won the league title with Feyenoord for their first time in a very long time. And he was a crucial part of it. He scored a hat-trick on the day they sealed the title. Nice. And it's just one of the moments where I watched that video and I genuinely had like a lump in my throat, just so emotional. for Because he was such a nice guy. And such he, like a... From what I remember, he was like, he was a proper team player as well. Like, he, Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of players will do things for themselves and things like that, but not him. He was sort of, he was very much, and like you say, he was an honorary scouter. He knew to hate Everton, obviously, yeah. clearly. And United. Um, Liverpool I remember the game where he scored a hat trick. Yeah, and they they measured out the distance, and it wasn't even six yards if you put the distance between. With the goal. <laughs> well, literally, I'll talk you through every goal now because it's very, it's hilarious, right? So, first goal, Luis Suarez, and I think it was his debut. Dribbles, literally dribbles around three United defenders on the left, and then puts it's going in. It is going in. <laughs> Dirk Cout smashes it on the line. <laughs> it's literally going in. If it had gone in, it would have been the best one of the best goals of Suarez's career. Oh, maybe maybe he's Cal- not a team player then. <laughs> Dirk Cal- was like, nope, I'm having that one. Cheers. Second one, for some reason, United defender decides not to head it and it drops Dirk Cal- right outside, right on the edge of the inside the box. Sorry, it just taps it in. And the third one, free kick, Edwin van der Sar parries it, and then Dirk Cal- was literally on hand just to tap it in. So literally, like, as Owen said, around about five yards for the three goals combined in total. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think this is only Liverpool hat trick as well, so that's uh, that's lovely. Nice yeah. little link back to the 2010 World Cup as well. He was runner up, it not? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how crucial he was to that Netherlands side, but yeah, he always played well for Holland because that was the Holland team that played really nice football the whole time and then got to the final and thought, right, let's kick him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that one where De Jong? When De Jong tried to murder my beloved Xavi Alonso, what a bastard! <laughs> yeah. Like a kung fu kick to the chest that was mad yeah. and got away with it. Yeah, because Howard Webb was the ref, wasn't he? And he was like, yeah, trying to keep control of the game. Howard, someone's just tried to murder Xavi Alonso. <laughs> uh. And on your uh, your point about um, playing for teams with amazing names. Quick boys. Dirk Hout started and ended his career with <laughs> quick boys. Yes. <laughs> They're yeah. the main rivals for young boys. Are they actually or have you just made that up? <laughs> just made that up. It's actually old boys. It's an, it's an boys, amateur football boys. club, Quick Boys, in Netherlands. Well, I, was gonna say, I can't imagine it's a professional football team called Quick Boys. No, I know. It's just it's weird that he, that he went back to them. That's the kind of guy he is. Good job, yeah. Dick. Good lad. Loved him. He had the worst haircut ever. And... I don't, know oh, how, I don't know. I don't know. I quite like it. Was so it. perfect. Like, people in place all the time. It never moved. Even when it rained, <laughs> it just didn't move. Just love you, Dick Cout. Well, I, I sort of I thought he might be in there, but I thought he might be in there as your sub, which has no. surprised me. 
because he because if unless I'm wrong, like tell me if I'm wrong, but he came off the bench a lot, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. obviously, like I said he played with Torres, so he... <laughs> quite yeah, you're not <laughs> you're not kicking him out of the squad, are you? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of substitutes, let's move to the super sub. Oh, who's this guy? That's a good little link, isn't it? Got that link. Whoa! It's after your job, George. He is after my hey, job. That's right, I can kick him out. I think you've made me host. <laughs> you, want right, so, you need someone to come on and change the game. Yeah. So before I go into my sub, I'm going to quickly give you my honourable mentions, right? There's three. I know. I, I reckon I can guess who one is. Go on. Well, one that I thought was going to be in your team is Lucas. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah. If it was between Lucas and Joe Allen. Yeah. So I had to, I had to go with Lucas, uh, Joe Allen. So Lucas, uh, obviously Suarez, Henri was almost in there. Maxi Rodriguez was almost in there. <laughs> All right, there's more. Gareth Bale was almost in there. And then, this is the one that I really struggled, and it's between him and Shabalala. It's Curlon. <laughs> <laughs> the Seal. With his seal dribble, and he never did anything in his career, and he was terrible. But for that one video of him balancing the ball on his head, Curlon almost made it in. Just for that. I thought an actual goal is better than Curlon bouncing <laughs> the ball on his head. But anyway, my actual super sub is a current Nottingham Forest player uh, who started his career at. Uh, I don't know actually where he started his career, but he played for Kidderminster Harriers. He played for Huddersfield. He played for Scunthorpe, and now he plays for Nottingham Forest. And he also played for Copacabana at UCLA. Uh, I, I, I didn't know he's at Forest now. So at the end of the season, we had a, we had one last game, and uh, this player whose name is Joe Lolly, uh, Joe Lolly. Uh, he is like a winger come striker, sort of like a forward. He was playing for UCLan Universities and he travelled to the Universities World Cup. He was very good. He played for Kidderminster Harriers at the time as well. Um, and he somehow knew someone on our team. So they asked him, oh, Joe, do you want a game? So Joe Lolly came and played with us for Copacabana and he is the best player that I've ever played on the same pitch with outfield. Yeah. Not so, you, Owen. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> outfield player and he was so good he was running rings around everyone obviously he's playing semi-professional football player at the same time so I'm amazed he actually played for us and my claim to fame will always be Joe Lolly scored a goal for Copacabana and I assisted him now <laughs> you might think oh did you put a nice cross in no I completely botched an overhead kick <laughs> he headed it in <laughs> so there's a corner comes over um, for some reason, I end, find myself on the edge of the box. The ball's coming away from me. So I think, oh, I'm going to try an overhead kick. It's the last game of the season. Why not? So uh, I go up for it. Obviously, my body doesn't move that way. So completely botch it. Ball just goes up in the air, ends up towards the back post, and then Joe Lolly nods it in. So I can say, whether I meant it or not, <laughs> I have assisted a professional football player who now has played in the Premier League. And an England international. Is he? One appearance for England C. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I, I've got a backup as well that he was not even in a different league on a different planet yeah. <laughs> to the rest of the players on that pitch. He was so good, like so good. And yeah, I've got to agree, probably the best player I've ever played with. Yeah. He was just so good. And then like, obviously, 
when he left uni, he went to play full time for Kidderminster Harriers. I think he scored the goal of the the round in the FA Cup um, for Kidderminster Harriers, and then he got picked up by Huddersfield when they were in the Championship, got them promoted, and then when they were in the Premiership, they loaned him out to Scunthorpe, and then he went back, and then he went to Forest, and last season he won Forest Player of the Year. And goal of the season. And goal of the season. A very, very good left-footed player, scores worldies, and whenever he... I always look out for whatever Forrest is doing now because I just want to see Joe Lloyd succeed. He probably... Yeah. He, I literally... You could tell him the story, he would not remember it, but that's fine. For me, I remember botching an overhead kick, and he scored a header from it. So, yeah, Joe Lolly. No, I reckon I reckon he tells people. <laughs> I, I, I once got assisted by the, the host of Nostalgia FC podcast. <laughs> Let's get him on. <laughs> But yeah, Joe Lolly, um, a great footballer, a nice lad, and um, yeah, just had to. I have to put in a player, a professional player that I played with. So Joe Lolly is my sub. Yeah, you've played with quite a few professional football players. Yes, it's that, that Millennium, <laughs> that Millennium Stadium yeah. appearance as well. Fair you enough. Robert, you and Roberts, Matt Jones, and Joe Lolly, three professional football players I played with. Well. There's, we've got your, your first team, your super sub. We're going to take a little break and we'll get into your manager stadium and kit. Let's dive straight into it. And who's your manager, Drew? My manager, uh, I could have gone for Klopp. I could have gone for Benitez. I could have gone for Coleman, Speed. I've not gone for any of them. <laughs> I've gone for someone who is the same age as me uh, and was my manager for Sporting Journalistico FC at university. He goes by the name of Matthew Hill, or Matty Hill. And he was very good friends with uh, my right back, also from Carlisle. Uh, previous guest, Niall, knows him as well. Carlisle, obviously, a very small place. <laughs> but uh, Matthew Hill, right? So he was one of the sports journalists um, that I hung around with in university. That's the reason I ended up playing for Sporting Journalistico. So a few stories about <laughs> about Matt Hill. Um, a great tactician. Loved it. Great, like, motivational voice. Just this, guy, this Cumbrian lad just shouting at you from the sideline. Just great. <laughs> Loved it. And he was just such, like, a, a, a welcoming guy. Just really funny. And um, so at the end of first year, uh, we were having a awards ceremony for Copacabana. And like I said, I'd, I was quite good mates with a lot of the sports journalism crew because uh, one of my housemates called Guy Clark, future guest, um, he was a sports journalist, so I got to be friendly with him through them. And a lot of people who played for Copacabana in first year were sports journalists. And then there was a bit of a fallout because one of them started getting loads of new players to come play for Copa and it became less fun. It, became, it started off with just a bunch of unfit lads playing a bit of football on a Wednesday and then it became really serious and so no one really liked that anymore. So the night of the the night before the award ceremony for Copacabana, I get a phone call and it's Matthew Hill. He's like, Drew mate, do you want we're, we're breaking off and forming a new team? Do you want to join it? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I will actually, yeah. He's like, it's just it's just sports journals, but we'll let you in. And I was like, oh yeah, thanks very much. I don't know why I did it. I'm, I was terrible in uni, really bad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I went. I I agreed. I was going to sign for. Sports and journalists go for the season after. And then at the awards ceremony, Matty Hill didn't play, but he was just mates with him. So he came and then he'd signed like three or four other players from our team to join his team. 
And then he was sneakily going around, getting people to take pictures of him, shaking hands with him, so they could announce it on the Sport and Journalists Go Twitter feed. <laughs> then he poached <laughs> all these players from the team. It's just really funny. It's really funny. And then it started a rivalry because Copacabana stayed as a team. And it started a rivalry and they were very good and they won the league. I think they went unbeaten. They were very, very good. And we weren't that good. Uh, but we had a good laugh and they weren't. So there you go. What is more important in you like university uh, leagues like that? That you just have a laugh and you just... Because yeah, like you say, it was it was always on a Wednesday, the, the day after Warehouse Tuesdays in Preston. Yeah. Well, that leads into my second story. Ah, there you go then. <laughs> so, uh, like George said, Warehouse Tuesdays was a very popular night out in Preston on a Wednesday. We wouldn't have any lectures on a Wednesday morning and then we'd have football in the afternoon. So, Matt would always say every week, right lads, I don't want you to see, I don't want to see any pictures you out on the town on Tuesday night. I have an early night. We've got a big game tomorrow. And then obviously we all ignored him. And we'd be out, we'd be out in the club and then... I'd just be dancing and I'd turn around and Matt, who's beside me, Matt Hill with a beer in his hand and he just goes, shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd never forget it. Just like, because he'd said to us, nobody go out. It was, it was like for a big game. It wasn't every week, but like the night before the big game, he was like, right, don't want to see anyone out. <laughs> and then literally just it with a beard. Backing into the crowd as the crowd sort of swallows him up when I didn't see him again for the rest of the night. And then the day after, I was like, right, Matt. And he was like, hung over to fuck. Didn't know what was going on. Great. And that, that, that sounds extremely funny. Yeah. Just something you don't get in like actual football. Like student union football is just something different. And this is the last story I'll tell about Matt Hill. So he'd gone home for something and he'd come back with this amazing new tactic that he'd come up with where every player would have their own specific quadrant of the pitch or like section of the pitch that you couldn't leave. It's like right? zonal. <laughs> Literally. So I would have, essentially playing netball. <laughs> but I was playing in a, in a back three for some reason. I was a striker, not a very good one, but I ended up playing in the back three in that game. And we were playing an all right team and we all had our individual squares. And every time someone came into mine, I just, clear it and it was going all right and then all of a sudden it just all went to shit and then we're in the middle of this game trying to do this tactic and it's not working and then as the ball goes over the top no one chases it because it's no one square <laughs> and then he goes lads just sack it off just sack it off and i was like oh what's going on? And just like that's the sort of management that you don't get anywhere else apart from a lad who's the same age as the people he's managing absolutely hanging from the night before trying to come up with something magic and it just doesn't work and i loved it just sack it off, brilliant. It's so funny. Some of my favorite football memories, like, like I said, I was terrible in uni. I had like a, a spell where I had a few good games and I scored a few goals, but I was never particularly good in university. And it was just such a laugh. And I loved playing it every Wednesday, even though I was never really good. I just loved going on a Wednesday and listening to him bark out orders that made no sense <laughs> or like sticking your quadrants and then the ball goes to the top. Sack off your quadrants, sack off your quadrants. <laughs> I love the fact though that he, he gave you all he gave you all quadrants and then there was an area on the pitch that belonged yeah. to no one. Which it's is no, no man's land. No which, which sounds like it was quite an important area as well. Yeah, if it went yeah. over the top of you guys and no one was there. Yeah, it's just great. I love playing for that team. We had such a laugh. Our goalkeeper was a guy called Ryan Donaldson, Donny, and like he was just such a funny character. It's just a yeah, a really fun team to play for, and the manager made it even funnier. So, mighty yeah. sack it off, Hill. That's it. <laughs> she just loved it. It was really good. 
really funny. Anyone better to coach a team of Stevie G, Arbitran? <laughs> Especially when I've gone for a formation which isn't necessarily the most conventional one. You need someone like that with his crazy ideas to make it work. Yeah, the quadrants don't really work in your formation. <laughs> right. Where, where, where is this fabulous team playing, Drew? Uh, well, I could again. I had a few options. I could have gone for Deepdale and Preston. Spent a lot of time there in university. Uh, Moor Park, where I played for the student union league teams, uh, which is <laughs> a rubbish park, but it was uh, fun to play football there. Uh, I was, could have gone for Brimpudu, the banana pitch. Hmm. Um, but as I've said every time someone mentions it, you have to go for your home ground. So obviously, I have picked Anfield. That's uh, understandable. Yeah. It is, especially when you've got a fair amount of Liverpool players in there. Exactly, I want them all to feel at home. Yeah, nothing, we've we've said it many times on the podcast before, nothing like when you walk into the stand and just this, the pitch sort of is just there in front of you, all the other fans are getting to their seat, there's nothing like it. No. Um, and to be honest, I went a lot when I was a kid, um, I used to go with my dad, my dad's a big Liverpool fan, my brothers, one of them likes football, one of them doesn't. Um, so we didn't go as a family very often. Uh, my mum's a United fan, she claims. We've, we've been over that before. Fred. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, me and my dad used to go quite a bit, mostly to like midweek games because it was hard to get Premier League tickets. The first Premier League game I went to was a 1 0 defeat to Chelsea on New Year's Day. Uh, it later turned out that I had appendicitis whilst that happened. <laughs> so that was good. Didn't enjoy that too much. Blame Chelsea for that. Yeah, Thiago scored. Uh, so obviously not the not the good one, the the Chelsea one. And uh, <laughs> so all I can say is Thiago caused my appendix to burst. So nice one, Thiago. Uh, but but yeah, the um, stop. We actually ended up. We went to about 2010, and we didn't go for about 10 years, about nine years. Sorry. The last game I so I never got to see Suarez play for Liverpool. We just could never get tickets. And then when I went to uni and stuff, it was just really hard to find the time. And then we went back. I started, a friend of mine, Ben, managed to start getting tickets. So I went back a few times and it was just incredible. So I finally managed to get myself and my dad a ticket. And we went to watch the opening home game for the season that we won the league, um, which is great to say that we actually went to see a game in the Premier League that year season, that we won it. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that I loved. And uh, it was a 4-1 victory against Norwich. The great Diva Carigi scored. <laughs> That's all you need to know. But sitting there with my dad, like um, growing up, like I said, my dad, me and my dad didn't always see eye to eye because um, I'm taller. No, because uh, I'm very sarcastic and my dad isn't. And we didn't always get on that well. <laughs> um, but the football was the one thing that always uh, we could always agree on and we'd always have a connection over football. So Anfield for me is more than just a football ground. It's somewhere where me and my dad really like I don't know, just yeah, just uh, the the bond of it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, if not, I'm not saying if not Franfield, I mean, my dad wouldn't like each other, but <laughs> it's one of them things where I just feel so privileged to be able to share things like that with my dad. Yeah, and um, yeah, Anfield is a great place for me. I've seen some great games. When I started going back, the games I saw was a five nil against Watford, a five nil <laughs> against Huddersfield, a four one against Norwich, and then a five five draw with Arsenal that we won on pens. All that within six months of each other, so it's a hell of a run before, wow, COVID, yeah. before COVID struck again. But yeah, um, Anfield obviously a great stadium, been rebuilt. I absolutely love it. 
a big part of um, growing up for me was going to Anfield and I love it very much. I'm glad I got to go back and I can't wait to go back again when we're allowed. I live in Liverpool now and I don't live that far away from Anfield and on the you know, it's between where I'm living and driving to town. You go past this little point where like the houses open up and you see the hill. And not enough people think Anfield's on top of the hill that overlooks the entire city. Yeah. And it's it's like it's that's how important it is to the people of Liverpool. It's like a, a church, it's like on top of the hill, everyone yeah. can see it. It's just like a big monument there. Yeah, it's just I just love to walk up to Anfield because you basically where well, I mean, my dad always would park would be quite far down the hill. So you walk up the hill. And you get towards like it's almost like this, like the the housing estates, and you see all the the rows of terrace houses, and then you just get to one point, and it just opens up in front of you, and then you just see Anfield there, and it's just like Owen said, it's like a church. Like, I'm not a religious yeah. man, but yeah, I loved it. One story before we go off Anfield, um, my first trip to Anfield, my first trip to Anfield, I fell down the back of a seat basically when I stood on <laughs> the seat and I fell down the back. That was very upsetting. I think I was like six, and then I think oh, did you sta- games, did you stand on the back yeah, of it? Yeah, no, no, I fell back. Yeah. <laughs> And then my second one, this is quite funny. Um, so I think Liverpool playing Southampton, maybe. Or maybe, maybe it wasn't even Southampton. Maybe it was the same game. I don't remember. But basically, as a kid, I didn't really understand the football chants. So then when Liverpool started singing, when the Reds go marching in, <laughs> I thought it was just the same song. So I keep on singing. So when the Saints go marching in, <laughs> and I was like, that's Southampton, Drew. This is Liverpool. I was like, oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Literally singing the wrong song the whole time. <laughs> I mean, were you playing Southampton at the time? I think so, yeah. That's why I think, and I was like, <laughs> infiltrated the home side. <laughs> I'm a closet Southampton fan. I don't know, as a five-year-old. But yeah. my, my uncle did that. He's a massive United fan. And um, he got tickets to go and watch um, Liverpool play United in the FA Cup years ago now. But the ticket he got was in the cop. So he's there with his, his coat zipped all the way up. <laughs> It was a game United won like 3 1 or something. I can't remember. But United won it and he was like, oh dear. Every <laughs> Sitting on his hands. Oh, Ooh, what bad luck. Every time that they go in. <laughs> the, there is no more dangerous place than if you are <laughs> sitting amongst the opposition fans when you're winning. That's got to be the most dangerous place in the world. Yeah. But yeah, Anfield for me, just it's like home. You know, it just yeah. feels like home whenever you walk in. Even when I hadn't been there for so long, when I went back in, it's just like, I think changed, as well, but it's still the same. Yeah, you mentioned it recently about Anfield and the fact that they have renovated one of the stands rather than, you know, yeah. uprooting and move into a different into stadium, which stand. is so much better to do. Like, it yeah. is so much better to do because you still get that atmosphere in Anfield. I've mentioned it before and I hate saying it and I hate Liverpool, but it's got the best atmosphere in, in England. It's great, it's great stadium, great fans. I have seen it quiet. I have seen it quiet, but well, every, that, every that stadium can be quiet. <laughs> that wasn't the Hodgson era, so that makes a lot of sense. You, you show me a better atmosphere than an Anfield home game on a Champions League night. Yeah, it is, it is terrific. Yeah. It is really, really special. Not, not going to happen. And as, like I say, I hate to say it, but you can't, you can't deny facts, really. No, great stadium, loved it, and yeah, just very special for me and my dad, and and uh, yeah, just. Wanted to drop that in there. Me and my dad, obviously, a big part of our, our <laughs> bond is from Liverpool and from Anfield. So, yeah, it means a lot to me. Cool. That's very nice. Right. right so well, I was going to say, well, I if I think there's going to be no surprises for me and Owen, at least, looking at what you're wearing, what the kit's going to yeah. be. 
but obviously people listening to this aren't going to see that until I put a video out. So do you want to tell us? Yes, I am currently wearing my favourite football shirt that I own uh, in terms of look. Uh, so this is the 2018 Columbia World Cup shirt. It is yellow, it has red and blue accents on it, and it has black stripes, and it is absolutely gorgeous, and I love it very much. Yeah, it's very nice. It's a nice kit. I like that one. Every World Cup, I try and find a shirt that I like and try and get it. Um, so... I loved the Columbia shirt already. And then I bought the shirt. And then we did the sweepstake in work. And I got Columbia. Just completely <laughs> coincidence that I got Columbia after I'd already bought the shirt. And then they got knocked out by England on penalties, which is a shame. But uh, I really enjoyed rooting for Columbia in that tournament. Because obviously, when we get to the when the World Cup happens and Wales aren't in it, um, we get my <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my <laughs> I usually support the team that England are playing. But I thought this time I'd actually support a team. So I chose Columbia because of their kit. And then uh, I really enjoyed it. And then they actually played England, which was great. And then people accused me of just doing it because they were playing England, which is half true. Uh, <laughs> and then they lost, which is a shame. But I love rooting for the Columbians. They're a good bunch of lads. I was in, a I was in Weatherspoons in London during that game. <laughs> <laughs> I was at home by myself, luckily. I wasn't out and about with my Columbia shirt on. Yeah, when the weather spoons I was in during that England Columbia game was it was very aggressive. I didn't I didn't show that I was Welsh in any way. I didn't want to. <laughs> it was an extremely aggressive, and there was a lot of angry England fans in there. Yeah, but yeah, it is this Columbia shirt. I love it very much. And uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a vast collection of football shirts, as you may have noticed, as I wear a different one every podcast. Yeah. Um, but this is a, a pair of my favourite, and actually one of the most recent ones I have. So yeah, big fan. Is- is that the one? I don't think it is. I think it's the the World Cup before that. Um, Hamas Rodriguez. Yeah, no, that was the World Cup before. Yeah, yeah, because I won the Puskas Award. I think. Yeah, that was the 2014 World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, what a goal that was! <laughs> that's the one that that's the one that got him a transfer from uh, Monaco to Madrid. Yep, and then didn't really perform as well as they hoped. And then went to Bayern, and then now it's at Everton. Unlucky. And he he injured his testicle at Everton, which I I still can't get over. <laughs> it really makes me laugh. Couldn't well, play for like, couldn't play for about two games. He injured his own, or did someone else injure? I, I, I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but when I know he injured his testicle. When your assistant manager is uh, Duncan Ferguson, nothing's off the table. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Right. Well, this bit's going to be weird. We're going to take you back through your team. So if there are any last minute substitutions or changes you want to make now's now's your your chance i don't know when, it's too late now yeah, yeah. we the other guests don't get to change anything so. yes they do yes they do we say that every time i think we might not have said that when you do you when you yeah, were it's, you been, all, it's been a long time yeah. <laughs> you were 20 episodes ago it's all your old news you've gone for a three one two one three formation <laughs> Very, very left field choice there. Did Mo- I do that? <laughs> it was a three-four-three, three, but if you if you go with the diamond, then yeah, I guess. Yeah, right, right, right. Got you. <laughs> uh, so in goal, we've got me, Owen Quilter. <laughs> On the right side of the defensive three, we've got Tom Claude Lewis from your time at university. In central defence, we've got ex Leeds, Leicester, and. Wales player Matt Jones, who you played with when you won a competition with Vauxhall. 
And on the left side, we have Liverpool legend Daniel Agger. Yeah. yeah. Vauxhall, what a great car. Um, <laughs> holding midfield in the in the midfield four is Joe Allen for his 2016 Euros campaign. Fantastic player. Uh, the two central midfielders are Xabi Alonso and Steven Gerrard, and we've seen what they can do together. They were in Champions League together, so there's no there's no arguing with that one. And then you attack a midfield, Arda Turan, his absolute fantastic dribbling skill, speed, everything. Moving on to the attacking trio. On the right side of the attacking ring, we have Liverpool star and star of Champions League's plenty, Luis Garcia. <laughs> in central forward position, we have the scourge of Everton, Dirk Hout. Yes. And on the other side, we have Bafana Bafana's very own Shifui Shabalala for the absolute thunderbolt he scored in the 2010 World Cup. Hero. Coming off the bench when we're short on, you know, games not going your way, you've got Nottingham Forest player Joe Lolly, who's uh, claim to, your claim to fame is you set him up once in a game of football playing at university. With a with a botched overhead kick. I can't, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't let you not say that. <laughs> All right, the manager of this team is uh, Matty Hill for uh, managing sports journalist goes while you were at university. Many funny stories in there. The stadium is, of course, Anfield, and we went uh, quite a lot into why. And the kit is the one you are currently wearing, is the 2018 Columbia kit, which is very nice. And it's a shame they didn't beat you, England. We're going to lose a lot of yeah. listeners here. That's yeah, a shame. <laughs> well, get right. those are Colombian ones, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's your team and the backroom staff. All that's left to do is to name your team. It is the name that I always name my ultimate team. Until this year, actually, I changed it. But it is CSKA Geller. CSKA Geller. There you go. Very nice. Obviously named after the great town that born and raised in. And then CSKA, because why not? Why not? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, usually, at this point, we'd say thank you for having you on. But you are going to stay with us. Yes, the... I'm now going to regain control of my own podcast <laughs> for the wrap up. But uh, before we do that, there's another little break. Hello again, listeners. Remember me? <laughs> it's host me now. I'm not the guest anymore. <laughs> oh, cool. Great. So, great right, team, eh? What a great team. Well, lovely guest. Really nice fella. Handsome too. Needs a haircut. <laughs> uh, uh, we all at the moment. So, obviously, usually we go through the whole team, but we won't this time because we've just been through it, and this is a bit of a bumper episode because uh, you want to hear from the hosts, right? George's will be the same. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you two a question. Best yep. player, worst player in that team? Right. So, best player, I'm, I'm probably... The best player. Say that again? I know he wants us to pick the best player. Uh, and I'm probably going to pick that player as the best player. Oh, I'm, I'm going to pick his midfield partner as a player. Oh, you, you picking Alonso? Yeah, I just think he just did all those little things. He was just so understated that it just, you know, goes yeah. under the radar for it. Like I, like I said, he, he's a very underrated player. Like, you don't hear many people talking about him as much. I've got to go with Steven Gerrard um, for two reasons. He is a fantastic player. Like I, I can joke about it as much as I can, but he is one of the best players. Of the Premier. can I guess? Can I guess the other reason? 
the other reason is because it's your podcast. Uh, you <laughs> and you want to keep your job. <laughs> and I want to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be here. I want to be here for a long time. When we're getting Voxel spon- sponsorships, when we've got Shabalala as the guest, I still want to be here. When the nation of Colombia has adopted us as the official podcast <laughs> of Colombia. Yeah, we're living, we're living in Colombia. Just looking at Javi Alonso's trophy cabinet and that can't, yeah. can't on the No, I agree with that. In terms of successful, Javi Alonso is the best. Yeah. Four trophies with Liverpool, four, five with Real Madrid, five with Bayern Munich, two European championships and a World Cup with Spain. It's just insane yeah. routine. Yeah. One of the best trophy returns of any player, actually, individually. Mm. So, yeah. Good choices. So, I rate the worst, worst player is Owen Quet. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> right. This player isn't actually the worst player. But like you said, you picked him for a certain goal. And then <laughs> we did say he's not the greatest <laughs> player. Like, he's not really done anything apart from this goal. It's Shabalala, but he's probably actually not the worst player because you have. Well, seeing as he's a professional football player, probably. And Claude not. isn't, yeah. <laughs> but I've seen Claude play, and I would be terrified to pick him <laughs> as the worst player. No, it, it probably is Tom Lewis, Claude. Uh, he, he was a good player, don't get me wrong. It's just when the rest are professionals, apart from Owen, um, you've got to pick him. Any advancements on that, Owen? Do you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've got to agree. I've not never seen Claude play, so I'd have to go with me. He uh, well, I won't allow that, so no, you can't have you. <laughs> no, sure. I'll, I'll go with your judgment then. So. Is is your best player Stephen Gerrard? Uh, yeah, 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 because he is the best player. <laughs> That's why I didn't pick Suarez and stuff like that, so there'd be no debate. <laughs> no, um, yeah, Stephen Gerrard for me. Obviously, generational talent, one of the best players of all time in any country. And Captain Fantastic, love him very much. So there we go. What a what an episode! Some great stories, lovely guest. <laughs> you can check him out if you listen to uh, Nostalgia FC Pod every other week. I, I you have just plugged our podcast on our podcast. That's <laughs> that's meta. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's how you get. That's how you get it. I'm trying to like. Plant myself in people's brains. Well, nostalgia, <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, let's let's go follow that. Oh wait. Yeah. So as always, uh, we will point you in the direction. I'll, I'll get my actual host cat back on now. <laughs> uh, so as always, we will point in the directions of our social media channels: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under the handle at Nostalgia FC Pod. You can send us an email at what address, George? Uh, NostalgiaFCPod at gmail Yes. Uh, we have yet to receive an email, so you can if you want. Uh, actually, oh, oh, <laughs> you're going to be very disappointed. Oh, from the Google team. Um, <laughs> thank you for Talking verifying. Thank you for verifying your TikTok account with us. Uh, check your Google account privacy settings, and your Google account is now live. That's <laughs> Google. Three That's emails. Emails. That is big time. TikTok and Google. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, if you want to send an actual email rather than those ones, um, yeah, yeah, check us out on socials. We um share exclusive content from the podcast, some stories that didn't make it in. George makes some lovely little videos uh that you can watch and enjoy, do little interactive quizzes, and uh, we give you little sneak previews of podcast episodes to come as well. 
Um, so yeah, thanks again for listening. Remember, if you want to leave us a rating or a review, please do so. It does help us get into the algorithms of different podcast providers. So do us a favor. And uh, we will see you next week. All we have to do is thank today's special guest host, <laughs> Owen Quilter. Yeah, thanks, Owen. Thank you for having me again. I, I enjoy it every I don't, time. I also, I don't know if we mention it on the podcast, and I'm going to say it, the shirt you're wearing is... Uh... <laughs> that is actually literally the first thing we said. was that right? <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I was recording, though. That's the oh, thing. I see. Right, right, right. Um, it's it's interesting. We'll put it that way. 2020 21 Pishara special shirt. So, during the first lockdown in Italy, special is definitely the word I would use. Yeah, yeah. during yeah, the first definitely. lockdown in Italy, Pishara had a competition to keep all kids um, and entertained while they were all locked down. They said, Design a football shirt for us, and whoever wins, we're going to wear that for our pre season tour for this season. So, this was designed by uh, six-year-old Luigi on the back here on the toilet. It just says, by Luigi. Um, Luigi, um, don't quit your day job, mate. Yeah, I know you're six, but don't quit, six. <laughs> don't quit your day job. Pascara <laughs> <laughs> if they put him to work at age six. Right. All that's left for us to say is, and this is weird because he's still here, that was Drew Hollins-Roberts delivering CSKA Gala and what a team it was. And what a team it was. What a team it was. sat in the hotel foyer the kid has just crashed they're learning to ride their bikes in the car park and one of them's just crashed into the window watching me because he's been watching this new podcast <laughs> <laughs> I love how your response I saw your face go I wonder what you were doing so you didn't think to move and help the child that's just crashed into the window well no because the doors are locked so they can't get in the hotel yeah but you can go out the hotel to help the child that's just fallen off a bike I also, I also like the fact that, that Drew's there talking about the, the bond that him and his dad share in Anfield and the love of football. And Owen's just like, oh, kid's falling off a bike. <laughs> Fall off a bike, crashed into the window. <laughs> uh.